0: Welcome to the For the Church Podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author-in-residence at Midwestern Seminary. And as always, I'm in the beautiful Spurgeon Library. It's a wonderful sunny day, Uh temperature's a little bit cool, and I'm in the room across the hot seat <laughs> from Ronnie—hey, what's your mental initial? D. D. Ronnie D. Kurtz, who is an assistant director of marketing, an assistant professor of Christian studies, but not an assistant managing editor, <laughs> the managing editor of For the Church. And by the time you hear this, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to make a prediction, uh, just like I made the Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> Which and was came, accurate. It yeah. came true. I said the Patriots have won. No. Not the Patriots. I'm sorry. The Buccaneers <laughs> have won. Living in glory days. <laughs> I'm living in the past like Uncle Rico. <laughs> oh, not the Patriots. But, you know, any given year, I guess you could say yeah. that. Well, maybe not anymore. I said the Buccaneers won and they won. I'm going to say okay. I'm sitting across from Dr. <laughs> Ronnie D. Kurtz. So by, at the time we're recording this, your, your defense is still two weeks off. But by the time people hear this, yeah, you will.
1: Or is it official until... Like you walk yeah, or is you know it what? you there's, defend and There's boom. disagreement here. I've okay. learned. Some people, and I, I honestly don't know which one it is. I think uh, it's based on the institution. And the, the question is, where is the power of conferral? Is yeah. Do your supervisors confer the degree after you defend, which I think is how our institution does it? Okay, Or is the power of conferral graduation day? I seem to recall that
0: when they do the photo, someone defends and like Midwestern is great about posting a photo yeah, with, uh, yeah. you know, the committee and they'll say, you know, doctor, mm-hmm. so-and-so, welcome, or say congratulations. So it seems like in that moment. Yeah. It, so I'm just going to assume. At least in Western,
1: and most institutions are this yeah. way, it's tradition. Once you've defended, they'll do their deliberations, and they, you actually find out immediately if you, what, if you pass yeah. or fail or what level of revisions you need. And they'll welcome you back into the room by calling you doctor or whatever. There you go. So— so either way, um, will you be walking in December? That's right. Mm-hmm. I may
0: be as well. Let's if go. If things go according to plan, let's go. I have to finish. I don't have to defend. Yeah. but I have to finish by September fifteenth. Yeah, I have to have it done, written, like final submission. I don't know that that's possible, Ronnie Kurtz. But
1: You're a fast rider. Come I on.
0: am a fast rider. Um You got it. And what I'm doing is is uh, you know, um cinnamon toast to your grape nuts. It's not it's not <laughs> it's not anything like the immutability, you know what I mean? Um it's not hoity toity like, like that. I'm just a demon. But it's possible You are a demon. It's possible. That's right. I have a demon. <laughs> or not yet. Um it's possible we could be walking. That would the be same amazing. Time. Yeah. That
1: would be fun. Then we could rename the show Doctor to Doctor.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> doctor, Doctor. We could greet each other. Have you ever seen Spies Like Us? <laughs> we, we're only three minutes. We can we can keep the banter going. This is amazing. Have you seen Spies Like Us? No, no, I haven't. So Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, yeah. this came out in the 80s. Um, not one of their better comedies, but still pretty funny. And there's a scene where they're pretending to be doctors and they are in like in the desert and they enter this tent and there's like a whole bunch of other doctors in there. Yeah. And so <laughs>
1: they just go down this line and it's like doctor doctor, 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 And they're just like shaking hands, doctor, doctor. And it's pretty funny. Yeah. I made the terrible dad joke that most doctoral students make with my wife this week and told her, you know, after I defend, if I pass, anytime we hang out is a doctor's appointment. Oh, she I like was. It. She was not appreciative. i to steal it. I, my
0: wife has already <laughs> said she's not calling me doctor. You know. Yeah. I was like, well, you may change your mind if you ever like checking into some place and be like, uh, doctor and Well, I'm here with the doctor. That's right. You may you know want to do that, but she won't do that with me. She's gonna so say babe, way. and you're gonna say that's doctor babe to do you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, all we're talking about here is managing expectations. Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't Peach even strike again. <laughs> it was the. I saw the on <laughs> ramp and I had to get on.
1: Oh, the, uh, <laughs> Captain Transition Captain for the transition. win. <laughs>
0: That's today's subject, actually, managing expectations in the church. And this kind of um, comes from—it uh, wasn't a direct question that somebody asked in, a you know, kind of a mailbag uh, inquiry, but sort of stem, you know, is my idea based on the nature of uh, uh, different questions. If I could boil down or kind of, you know, distill— Several questions that, you know, sometimes keep coming up whenever we say, what do you want us to talk about? It has a lot to do with just how things are going in the church or what you think is going to happen and then disappointments and um, really just coming around to what should the minister or ministry leader or even just the, um, you know, mature member of a church, when they walk into the church bill on Sunday morning or just think about their church, how do they weigh uh, how they want things to go or expect things to go with very often what the result is. Um, and I, you know, I think this extends into every area of life. You know, having a successful marriage is you know, very often about having to uh, either adjust or reevaluate yep. or sometimes manage your expectations to be in any relationship. Yeah. Very often you'll find that people are not meeting what you expect them to do or what you expect them to say. How you're able to respond to that speaks to your level of Christian maturity does it not? I mean, um, you know, your ability to, in a way, roll with the punches or at least to manage disappointment speaks to where your heart is at, whether you're set to gospel mode rather than law mode. If we're set to law mode, it's it's almost disastrous, um, you know, unmet expectations because people will all, you know, uh, will frequently not measure up. And if you're set to law mode, if you're set to evaluative mode always, yeah, uh, you're going to find yourself, I think, in in deep misery, walking around like you have the standard that that people are not are not meeting. Um, I don't know, you know. So, how do you think about this as a pastor? I'm not a pastor, so I'll speak to you as a pastor. <laughs> um, as a pastor, you you have you know expectations about how things ought to go, ministry initiative, um, or even just preaching and teaching. Right. I think you know, one of the expectations sometimes that we have, or I, you know, I used to have is uh this is a great sermon that I've composed. <laughs> Maybe it's a great <laughs> sermon that I just preached, right? Um, but certainly before I preached it, I would think this is a great sermon. Yeah. Um sometimes after I preached it, I would think, that's a great sermon. And then the response is tepid at best. Or even when people say, Good sermon, Pat, you know, it's just that's what they say yeah. on their way out to lunch, you know. Uh, what do you do with that? Yeah. People
1: not meeting
0: expectations?
1: Yeah, I think this is, I, I do think this is a really good question. And I'm glad we are dedicating an entire episode to it as opposed to just doing it in a mailbag. That didn't sound sincere. <laughs> I'm trying to manage your expectations. <laughs> okay, all right, here, okay, 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 <laughs> okay. I'm really glad we're uh, devoting a <laughs> yeah. whole episode to
0: this subject. Wow.
1: Great, great <laughs> question, Pastor. I'm on the way to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I think managing expectations is twofold in the sense of you have to manage your own expectations. And you have to manage the expectations of others, of course. So managing – let let me start with the the second one, actually, managing the expectations of others. One of the things that I have found helpful in so many circumstances, not not just managing expectations but on a number of issues, is just naming stuff. Like I think when we name stuff, it is so much better. For I mean What do you mean, naming like, stuff? Like what I mean by that, I'm trying to think of an example. I wish I had one that was like Like the kids' fresh. zone, children's ministry? <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Not like giving something a name. I thought like Brandy. What I mean is like when I am casting vision. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm trying to think of an example. Can I can I use an example of, of FTC.co? That's not. Sure. Okay. So this is at For the Church that I just named something. So we, we, uh, we recently started a series of articles that uh, it's called Lord and literature. Okay. Listener, if you haven't read any, go read them. Uh, <laughs> and uh shameless plug. It's, it's basically a, uh, a series where anytime someone is stirred by a good piece of literature, they can use it to, you know, minister God's word and God's theology to God's people. Okay. So, in when I announced the series, I thought I need to manage expectations here, hmm. and one of the things I said is I know that this is this is a a niche audience, this is a nuanced group of people who care both about literature and theology. Yeah, um, and so I even said, you know, this is not overly creative, this is not overly brilliant, uh, but it's meaningful to me. It's it's a it's an avenue. I always want to write about fiction as I'm reading fiction and so I'm going to create it. Okay. And so I think even in that announcement, there was some naming of, this is this is going to be for a particular people and it's not going to be for everybody. This is not yeah. going to be the, hey, a million a million readers this year tuned in to Lord and Literature. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, anymore. okay. And so I think being self-aware as a leader, going back to church church leadership now, is really helpful. I think sometimes... People equate ability to vision cast and hyperbole. Hmm. When you when you 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 think you can only cast vision if you're extremely excited, yeah, and you speak with you know emphatic hyperbole and borderline exaggeration, and you know we're gonna do this pre- we're gonna do this sermon series and it's gonna bring revival to the city and and this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen It's like you're just setting yourself up yeah. for failure. Yeah. Just naming stuff sometimes can be really helpful. Even in like, you know, hey, we we're gonna do this ministry. We we believe in it. It's we're hoping it does these things. And if it doesn't, we're gonna be okay. We're not anchoring our validity and identity in the success of this particular ministry. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we need to be able to do as Christians better is just saying, if this fails, it's okay. <laughs> it is okay <laughs> if this ministry fails. Yeah. And doing that as a leader, when you're casting vision to your team, I think it's counterintuitive because some people will say, well, well isn't kind of like predicating or even presuming failure going to like not motivate them? And I think actually often what it does for leadership in the church is it frees them to not be like, if this doesn't work, I'm not a good leader. Well, that that just that, that yeah. kind of log jam yeah. doesn't help anybody. And so while this concept of naming things might not be – it might not land well with everybody. I'm I'm doing it right now. I'm managing expectations. <laughs> it has really helped me Okay. of just saying, okay, this is what the expectation actually is. You name it. Yeah. And you say, these are the ways it might fail. And if that if that's what the Lord does with this, let him do it. But think about what could happen. What could happen are these things. And just actually putting the expectations on the table, naming the expectations, I think is really helpful. Does that make sense at all? It It does, yeah. And I think— what you're
0: saying is important because it connects to um, our ability to f- to be faithful and to endure. So if I have um, unreasonable or exorbitant expectations and that doesn't pan out, the disappointment then becomes unreasonable or, or or exorbitant. So now because everything was was staked on that sense of success or that definition of success. And then now I'm facing. Well, that didn't work. Yeah. Maybe I'm not called. Maybe I'm not gifted. Maybe I'm not right. So you 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 kind of spiral. And so I think if you're always sort of, you know, having these grand expectations of how they're going to respond to the sermon, and you know, gosh, well, they didn't really love it this time around. And and the next week I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit a home run then. And then the response isn't quite. And you you forget that ministry is so often just faithful plodding. Yes. Right. You're just yeah. plodding through you're just you know planting and and you know watering and you're you know playing the long game and so if you're overestimating what you can kind of accomplish in one sermon or in 2 or 3 years of ministry it's usually when those things you know you have a steady stream of disappointments yeah. or unmet expectations that you begin to think maybe I'm not called here maybe I shouldn't even be in ministry and it's, because, it's not because anything really wrong has taken place or abnormal. Maybe we should say abnormal is taking place. It's because you've had really unreasonable expectations of what should be happening uh, when so much of ministry is just faithfully, yeah. you know, week in, week out, day in, day out, just plodding along. And, you know, I think, um, you know, expecting the Lord to do, uh, you know, wonderful things, but on, at, on His timing, yes. you know, we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful and very often the lord rewards that in great ways but part of managing expectations i think is preparing yourself for endurance mm-hmm. for the marathon mm-hmm. of of what ministry is and not just you know these um i don't know american ninja warrior you know 20 second accomplishments <laughs> and the the applause and the cheer yeah. and everything else no it's like you this is
1: a long haul yeah Saying to saying that we expect the Lord to do wonderful things is actually really helpful, even in this episode. Because, I mean, hopefully listeners have finished finished their Bible reading, and they, they learn <laughs> at the end that we win. Yeah, and in Christ, you know, we are victorious against all things, and including death and shame and sin. And we also learn that as a member of His body, that not even the gates of hell is going to stop His people. And so, there's a lot of expectations to be managed, even in those realities, mm. we can do what we do as small, no-named ministers of the gospel in the middle of nowhere and know that our work is a part of this much bigger, that the gates of hell can't prevail against God's church mm. kind of work. Mm. Um, and that, that actually, even in ourselves, we don't, have to, we don't have to save our city. We don't have to save our church. We don't have to save our family. We don't have to save ourselves. Uh, God is going to do all that work. And even in that, we're even internally managing expectations of what I'm going to do is be faithful with the, what the Lord has given me. I'm going to work very hard. I'm going to pour myself out for these people. I'm going to, as best as I can, I'm going to walk them towards Jesus until their death or my death. And then I'm going to hand them off to Jesus or they're going to hand me off to Jesus. And that, that's what I'm going to do as a pastor. Um, any you know, grand kingdom come kind of stuff, I'm going to leave to the Lord and I'm just going to be faithful here. That even as internally is so helpful for a pastor to kind of recognize early of these are, I mean, think about even just a Sunday morning, just think about this. (laughs) This is the Lord's church, the Lord's people, the Lord's under shepherd preaching the Lord's word for the Lord's glory. Like this is his, Mm. all of this is his. We are under shepherds who are trying to be faithful and the work is valuable and meaningful, of course. But we manage expectations by realizing that th- this is his work. These are his people. Yeah. This is his word. He has this.
0: Let's look at it from the other side, too. So what would you say, gosh, you know, um, you know I've been ministering to people for a while, and my expectations in the beginning were were somewhat, um, gosh, an extension of sort of pragmatic thinking, which yeah. is if I invest in in, in people— they're going to like me and they're going to be successful or they're going to, I'm going to replicate, you know, what, what I've learned and um, and everything's going to go smoothly and, and what, what have you. But over time, people keep disappointing me. They, you know, they don't get quote unquote better or they turn on me in some way. I've, I find out that they're, you know, and so now my expectations are um, that People are the worst. I'm expecting, <laughs> I'm expecting to get stabbed in the back. I'm saying, and I know some ministers like this. They have been so hurt and so mistreated that they're very standoffish. Um, they become in in a, in a way, um, uh, you know, isolationist or yeah. insular from people because they just I'll never you know expose myself again that way. I'll never put myself out there. Uh, my expectation is that people um you know people hurt yep that sheep bite mm. maybe is how we should put it and so now my expectations are any you know i won't go in a relationship with someone if i do i'm i'm expecting that it's going to blow up in my face or they're mm. going to do me you know they're going to do me dirty somehow so how do you um you know first Corinthians 13 believe all things hope all things while at the same time um you know not having uh, an exaggerated view of expectations, but also not have, um, okay, so now I've lowered my expectations to the
1: point that I don't expect anything from you. (laughs) Where's the sweet spot? Yeah, that's probably not healthy. Yeah, where's the sweet spot for ministry? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'll let you know when I find it. People are the worst, you know? (laughs) Yeah, the hard part about ministry is that people are involved. (laughs) That's right, yeah. I I will say that um, I think there's a reality of, on one hand, when people disappoint, they don't meet expectation. There might be a need and a level of mentorship that should happen. Like they, they let you down and, and actually they really, they really did let you down and they yeah. shouldn't have, they need to be better and they need to be pastored into that betterness. You know, Okay. on the other hand, there is the sense of um, someone has let you down or your congregation has let you down or what have you. And it might've just been, Hey, this, this particular setting the Lord has me in is not going to look the way I thought it was. And they might not be sinful in how they've let me down. This just doesn't quite look the way I thought it was. Yeah, And I can't remember exactly how he said it, but a, a line from John Piper that I think about often is, um, sometimes you need to think about the life you wish you had, mourn it, and then wash your face and move on. Hmm. And I think that's a word for managing expectations is you might have expected your church to be a little different. Yeah. You might have expected to be a little bigger or a little more sending or a little more, you know, what whatever. And maybe you should lead your church into that kind of people and there's still room for improvement. But maybe you've done everything you can. You've been faithful and the people you have are the people you have and you need to mourn what you thought was going to be and wash your face and move on in faithfulness. Wow.
0: Um, I mentioned pragmatism a little bit earlier. I think this is um, really crucial to understanding what are how our expectations you know come about. And sometimes it's a result of pragmatic thinking. If I do X, yeah. y, and Z, am going to get these results or if I push, you know, these buttons, I'll get this product. And so we just expect that gosh, we have the know-how, we have the resources, we have the technology, whatever we have the creativity, whatever it is that um that you know, of course we should expect big things. We're, we're putting a big investment in or we have, you know, big things to contribute. And so we'll get something big back. And that's such a pragmatic way of thinking. It, it, it should be, there should be a big if there, like a biblical if. So I'm thinking of like James chapter four, right? Uh, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such town and spend a year there mm-hmm. and trade and make a profit. yet yeah, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So it's not about not making plans. It's not about even foreseeing the future or or planning for the future. But it's acknowledging that uh, we don't have the power to create whatever we want if the Lord wills. So let's be faithful. Let's bring you know our creativity and our planning and our strategy and our intellect and technology and all that to bear, uh, but acknowledge that it's the Lord who decides what the result will be. So we can we can still uh, embrace all the means at our disposal, and, and and reject pragmatism at the same time. That I think is really important because then when something doesn't pan out, it's okay to be. Disappointed because you wanted something a certain way, but not to be driven to despair or right. to being in questioning things you shouldn't question. Um, certainly not the Lord's goodness when when things don't pan out the way that you should. Yep, yeah, absolutely. What about people in general? I mean, you know, certainly we, you know we talk about people letting us down, and um, you know, ministry would be great if it weren't for the people. That kind of thing. Um, when people disappoint you as 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 a minister, w- w- where do you take that? Um, I'm I'm to the point now in terms of like managing expectations. When I find out something about someone, uh, sadly enough, uh, someone's talking about me, you know, behind my back, or someone turns out to have a you know secret life that I didn't know about, and and it makes me redefine the nature of my relationship with them. Um, you know, I've had friends where I've discovered things and thought, do I did I ever really even know you? Because mm-hmm. this is such a huge, you know, part of your life that you kept hidden. I thought we were close and you never talked about this w- with me. And now I wonder if I really even know you or if it was all just kind of based on, um, I, I, I go into relationships now thinking, um, I'm not going to prevent myself from, from getting close, but I'm not going to be shocked when I find out people are sinners. Hmm. <laughs> um, it doesn't mean I'm not disappointed or saddened. I guess maybe that's, you know, what I should say that I'm you know not saddened, but I've, I've, I've had to learn based on experience to say, I, I just, I can't be shocked anymore when someone turns out to be a big fat center. And part of it is uh, a lot of it is just discovering all along, you know, that, that people that um, I held in high esteem are big fat centers. But the biggest <laughs> part of it is acknowledging I'm a big fat center. <laughs> so I think a huge part of managing yeah. expectations for other people is actually understanding um you're yes. not you know you're not Jesus that's a good word and people have expectations of you if you're a minister in particular um you know they are expecting a certain thing on sunday morning or ex- expecting a certain thing about a leadership initiative and they're having to manage their expectations of you all the time so maybe there's some grace that could be extended about the reality that um all of us fall short of the glory of god None of us is what we're cracked up to be, right? And so I think, yeah,
1: put, you know, having the humility. I think you say, need to make you know, your own translation and instead of all fall <laughs> short of the glory of God. All big fat sinners. We're all big fat sinners. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just remember thinking so. You know,
0: you know, reading Bonhoeffer's Life Together, which I know I've talked about on this podcast ad, ad nauseum, but it's so influential f- for me. But where. Um, you know Bonhoeffer famously talks about you know the wish dream mm-hmm. that the zealous mm-hmm. church member or minister has a wish dream for congregation. the congregation that you know visionary dreaming he says we have to be careful of um you know because it 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 puts us in evaluative mode which is really law mode where we're constantly measuring our church based on you know uh, against what we want them to be or sure. where we want them to be and so what i would say be, um to uh, to pastors about this is like, to be, you know, beware the wish stream, uh, is one thing to keep in mind is congregations have whispering pastors. Yes. <laughs> so while you're busy evaluating them and they're not as zealous as you want them to be or as engaged as you want them to be or as generous as you want them to be, et cetera, et cetera, there are people out there who are thinking you're not as dynamic as they want you to be. You're not as well-spoken as they want you to be. You're not as smart as they want you to be. Uh, you're not as extroverted as they want yeah. you to be, whatever it is. Um, you're not measuring up to the wish dream either. So one way to manage expectations is to understand that um, you don't meet everybody's expectations. Yeah.
1: And I think it's so important to point out that, like, if you want to rob yourself of joy, just live in <laughs> expectation land. I was thinking this morning, how can I rob myself of joy? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not, well, there you go. There's your answer, Jared. It's okay. just live in expectation mm. land. Because if you're just constantly thinking about how you wish things would be, instead of developing the ability to enjoy how things are. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, man, that's just, that's That's a way to lose joy, leave joy on the field. Yeah. And now we want to keep a sense of vision and a direction. We want want our church to go there. Yeah. But there is a despair of there. We've talked about that exact phrase on this podcast before. There's a despair of there where often there becomes here and there becomes a new there. And there's just always a cyclical... I, w- I got to get there. We'll be yeah. good when I get there. And the despair of there is real. And cultivating the ability to enjoy what is here as mm. opposed to there is a Christian, I think is a Christian virtue. Yeah. And uh, a way to manage expectations is to be able to both hold intention where you want to go and actually long for it and pray for it and work for it and pull yourself out for it and love where God actually has you yeah. and take time, uh, to just look around and breathe it in and enjoy where he has you with who he has you with doing what he has you doing, that's good.
0: Yeah, I think you know going in on a Sunday morning, for instance, you know I thought about that quite a bit in relation to this subject, the expectations that you have about what God will do or what how people will respond and that sort of thing. I I want to draw just a distinction, just kind of as we you know round third here, between expectations and anticipation. This is something I thought a lot about uh, hmm. at, at, at my last church is I want to lower my expectations because that's just going to set me up for some kind of disappointment. But I want to raise my anticipation of what God can do. I like that. Or what God might do. Yeah. So I'm not going to say, God, you've got to do this. Uh, This is what revival looks like, or I need this response or anything like that. Regardless of what happens this Sunday, I'm going to go into the next week preparing for the next one either way. I I just want to be faithful. So I'm not I'm managing my expectations in the sense that I'm not expecting something in particular to happen here. But I do want to anticipate. I want to be on the edge of my seat in some way. What will God do? And I think if you have that mindset, you're setting yourself up for joy because God's always doing something. Yeah, that's a good he word. He may not be doing what you expect, yeah, but he's always doing something. The gospel never does nothing. So there may be some little story, there may be some little testimony or some even it's just one face in the crowd that's nodding as you preach. you know as a preacher you you know oh yeah may appreciate this. But you key in on the mm-hmm. person who's smiling or nodding and they and they're getting you through you know that may be the thing. Or it could be that the Lord is going to do something really extraordinary. I want to be and um not have my expectations lower to the point of just thinking this is not going to be a big, you know, you know who cares what happens, and I'm just expecting nobody to, you know, to be you know, you know, happy about this or whatever it is. Um, but I want to go in thinking, what might God do, and I don't want to miss it. I think that's a really helpful and distinction. I, I want to be attentive to it, even if it's a small thing. Yeah. In somebody's life, it could be very big. Mm-hmm. Whether it's it, it's not big in my expectations, it could be very big in their in their spirituality. So
1: I don't know what I was expecting from this episode.
0: Yeah, but it, that <laughs> that was better than there's, whatever I was. There's expecting. a good off ramp. <laughs> and a good on ramp and a good off ramp. If you enjoy the podcast, listeners, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.